Welcome back to Down the Slope. It's the second part of our what, World Cup break special, breaking down our lifetime Hibs 11s. Last week, you had myself, Harry and Liam doing it. Uh, Harry's off swanning it up in the States. I think, is he flying home tonight? I think, maybe. Um, obviously, I'm here and Liam is potentially joining us. He's just, you know, other commitments. So if he joins us halfway through, excellent. If not, then Greg and Ryan are getting a free pass from Hammerings off anyone that named their teams last week. How you doing, boys? All right, yeah, yeah. Yourself? I'm good, mate. I'm good, Greg. I'm not bad, eh? You you picked a good team after the after the slaughtering you gave Harry last week. I think I've picked a good team. I look, I went off first instincts. I've not changed it. Right, okay. My shape bag. Um, <laughs> I'm not going back on it. So yeah, I mean, look, if anyone wants to come and have a pop, then feel free, but. Ryan, you had any last minute changes? I know. Uh, I don't think uh, changed much last minute last week, but I know myself and Liam were changing it right up to this point we started recording. I've made one change, and uh, as I go through it, I'll tell you what it was. Um, there was a couple of tough ones for me, but I've kind of based it off. So my criteria kind of was somebody that's maybe done something memorable, or it could even be somebody that's maybe played, and you'll find out, played one game that stood out. Okay. Um, it's not based kind of on like success or anything. It's players that I've enjoyed watching. Nice. Um, and that's um, kind of done what, it for me. What? Um, just maybe before we're going to get from Buffy's, what sort of timeline are we looking at? Like, Greg, what year did have you sort of? What year was the furthest you went back to? Just so people can ex, can it so they know what to expect. Um, two thousand. Thanks, Matt. The player. Uh, in fact, ninety nine, mate. Is it? Okay. This season, right. um, that one of the oldest players is from. Okay, Ryan. Yeah, my my uh, my timeline will be probably the same as Greg's, but early two thousands. Cool, right, Ryan. You take us away first. Um, formation, please, and your back um, and your goalkeeper. So, since uh, the ground rules were set that we weren't allowed any funky formations, I've had to go four three three. So I'll just run you through the keeper in the back four. So I've got uh, Conrad Logan and goals. Right, that's the um, second second Conrad Logan, is it? Um, aye, because Harry had him as well. I just uh, this we don't win the Scottish Cup unless he plays in that semi final the way he does. Um, made three big saves, hadn't he played football in sixteen months, saved two penalties. He was just outstanding. Now, like when he turned up, you're thinking, Jesus, who's this amateur? But yep. I think he put uh, a lot of doubters to bed that day. Uh, left back was a was a tough one between two players, but I went for Louis Stevenson. Okay. Frank so Frank Sozzi at centre back. With Rob Jones and David Great right back. Okay. Run us through your choices. You obviously brought down Conrad Logan a bit there. Was there anyone else in contention? Um, so it was a tough one between uh, Stevenson and Murphy for left back just because of the the quality that Murphy possessed. Like he, he was just an unbelievably gifted player, first touch, could cross the ball very well, just uh, total professional. Eh? But I mean, Louis Stevenson has got ahead of him from kind of the longevity that he's had. Okay. He's played 438 league games for Hibs. Um, he's been capped for Scotland. He's won Fans Player of the Year um, seven years apart. 
So that shows you that he's played at a high level for a long time. Um, made his debut seventeen, and he's won both of the cups. So I couldn't, I couldn't really see past him to be honest. Although it was quite close, he he just had to get in ahead of yeah. Murphy. So and then two cup winning captains in there as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for like I said to you, uh, kind of criteria I went for David Gray gave us all a moment that like we'll never ever forget, and for that moment alone, I would have picked him. Cool. Scoring the winning goal, but um, yeah, I just think that whenever he played, he, he kind of put his heart, his heart and soul into it. I mean, that's kind of par for the course. But he was, um, he was a great servant and and a good captain. Right, cool. And the obvious pick in there beside them was it from easy, easy decision in centre back. So, um, Rob Jones was the one that I changed. I actually had a wee curveball. I was going to put Darren McGregor in there just because I, I loved the way that he played. Um, especially in the championship season, I thought it, he, he was very dominating in the air, um, decent on the ball. At the time. He wasn't never great on the ball, but he was decent enough on the ball during the time in the championship. Um, boyhood Hibs fan, and you could tell that when he played, he, he was solid. But uh, the marquee one's obviously Frank Sose. I mean, how the hell you managed to sign him, I'll never know. Um, won the Champions League, won three French titles. See, I've got a wee bit of this written down here. Um, right. two, two domestic cups in France, and he won a. He actually won, he won a twenty-one championship with France, the European Championship. But um, yeah, he was just he used class. Eh? Like he was unbelievable. Scored two great goals against uh, the Hearts when we were unbeaten in nine games as well. So great player. Uh, a very solid back line. Uh, midfield three, and what's the setup of them? As a one set up. I've got kind of two box to box and then a number ten. Right. Um, I was going to change the midfield based on the ripping that Harry got for his being very attacking, but I thought the two guys I've got in the middle have got great engines. So the first one I've got in there is John McGinn. Yeah. I think I think he'll probably be in most of our teams. Eh? Has he been in everybody's team so far? Uh, I don't. No, I don't think so. He made mine and Harry's. I don't think he made Liam's team. Right. Right. He didn't make Liam's. Liam's got a longer timeline than the rest of us, eh? so. <laughs> He's not in my team either. Oh well, three beats two, eh? Correct. I'll beat you there. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're gonna punch me through the phone here, boys. Uh, so I've got John McGinn in there. Um I d you don't really need to say much about this guy. He's a great ball carrier, really tenacious. sometimes it looked like he had three lungs the way he was going, eh? Um and I think you can see his quality by by the career he's went on to have. But I mean, based on his time at Hibs, he was class, eh? Yep. He was class. Uh, next to him, I know predominantly he didn't actually play this position regularly when he was at Hibs. He kind of played more either out in the right or behind the striker, uh, Scott Brown. Okay. Again, another great engine. Um, at the time we sold him, it was a record transfer fee. 4.4 million we got from, which I think was pretty good. Um, he won the Young Player of the Year as well. Yeah. The uh, Scottish Football Writers Association Young Player of the Year when he came through. Uh, class went on to have a great career, great player. Um, I think all the titles he went on to win speaks for itself. Yep. And who's your number ten? Uh, Russell Latape. See anybody that parties as hard as him and is still that good at football, man. Like he's getting in my team. Eh? Uh, you know, if you if you go back and watch the game that we won uh, against Arts when we thumped them, like he he played a pivotal role in quite a few of the goals. He was very silky. And um, had great pedigree when we first signed him. I think he played for Porto in the past, yeah. Which uh, is a big European club. It's um, it's a shame the way it ended, though. You know, we could have gotten a couple of years out of him. 
Played, yeah. played at a good level. Um, but yeah, I, I loved watching him. He always had a trick up his sleeve. Was always laying on goals. Tipped in with a few goals. Very classy player. Um, and then my, my actual favourite player of all time, playing on the left wing, is uh, Derek Riordan. Okay. Right. Came through the youth setup, won various Player of the Year awards, Young Player of the Year, etc. Um, I think when he, when he came back and he and he wore zero one, man, that was brilliant. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Um, and banging him in from like thirty yards against Hearts, can't he beat it. You just can't he beat it. So he he played two hundred and twenty five games in the league and scored ninety goals. That's a decent return. That's a that's a very decent return. I think would it um, be safe to say in all of our lifetimes only player that's racked up over a hundred goals for Hibs? Uh, I think so. I think so, is it? I would I think so. I think believe uh, so, yeah. Meg, what are you making of yeah. this team so far? I know he's only got two to go, but maybe it's, I mean, it's not bad to be fair. <laughs> it's not bad. Uh, Thank God for that, man. I thought I was going to get dug out there, like. I think it's it's not too dissimilar from my team. I don't think thus far. Really. Uh, look, I think I think it's a good team, um, but Harry set the bar very low. So, <laughs> <laughs> hope you're listening, Harry. Anyone um, in the would have absolutely not even considered Greg so far? You know what? Like, I'm tempted to say John McGinn. To be fair. And I know that might be controversial, but based off, it, it, look, I didn't, I didn't really consider him based yeah. off the, the sort of midfielders I've seen at the club, and and I think that, that there's been better players in there than him. But yeah, the John yeah. McGinn one maybe comes a wee bit from recency bias as well, though, because I mean, since him, what kind of midfielders have stood out? To be somebody that can run thirty mm-hmm. yards of the ball, win you free kicks, uh, yeah. you know, take no, players and score goals. So yeah, I, I, I would... think that's a lot of it. It's, it's difficult picking your all-time favourite eleven because you've either got players you grew up watching that became your heroes quickly, then you've probably got a big gap in, in between that and recency bias. Yeah. So it is difficult. And anyone in recency bias and sample size in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> really anyone, order, to be honest. Was there anyone in that midfield that um you really wanted to get in that you that you didn't? Bo- Aye, Bo- Boozy. Boozy would have been a good shout for me, but um probably because I'd seen more of John McGinn. You know, I'd been to more games during the time that John McGinn had played. It kind of his what he done was kind of fresh in my mind as opposed to Boozy being a bit further back, but. Um, yeah, it was tight between those two. Scott Brown was a given for me, though. I loved him when he first came through. He was, like, one of my favourites. I'll tell you one person that was going to be absolutely nowhere near it was that Rat Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll give you the last two players I've got. Yep. Right. So on the, on the right wing is Martin Boyle. Um, again, some of the things he's done uh, have given me some, like, memorable trips. The hatchet against Rangers in the League Cup semi-final, one of the best days... At Hamden for me, it was just an unbelievable trip through there and back. I think everybody had kind of written Hibs off for that game. Obviously, we hadn't been playing too well, etc., etc. Um, he first came in when he first came in, we got him on a loan deal and a swap for Alex Harris. <laughs> How does that compare? Hey, look at the player we got. Sold him for a record fee as well. Um, brought him back for a record fee, I think. Yep, I believe that. 
and he, and he's going to he's probably the highest ever earner at Hibs. So it says a lot for what people think of him, you know. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, he's had a a series of bad injuries, you know, because he's probably missed quite a lot of games through that. I think he's yeah. he's out for the rest of this season. He's missed a season before, isn't he? So. Yeah, unfortunate. 216 games, 55 goals. Not bad for a player that was uh, once at Montrose. Eh? And, I mean, he's been... Pl- a, a good chunk of that to play the right wing back, Greg, as well, right? Boyle and his, yep. his earlier days at Hibs, especially that sort of first season back up in the uh, in the top flight. And then he had his antics in the warm weather camp in the winter, and then Lennon was killing him for... Five months. And, it was and him, they... Stokes, and Swanson, wasn't it? And he was the uh, one, only one that got to hang about. Yeah. See, I think I think with this team, there's a few characters in there. Like, imagine a night out with them. It'd be phenomenal, eh? Martin Boyle's wild, but the next <laughs> one's pretty wild as well. Like, I'll be honest with you. So up front, I've got Anthony Stokes. Yeah, he scored 21 league goals in a season. Any Hibs player that scores that's scored 21 league goals in a Ryan. season. What is that's it? That's incorrect. So I've done maths. I've looked at my stats as well, mate. You, you. That's okay. Just you carry on, but you're wrong. No, 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 no. <laughs> Correct me. How many is it? Twenty-two and forty. Twenty-two and forty is even better. So cheers for that, Greg. So there you go. You that's scored right, twenty-two man. goals. Eh? I mean, that's an unbelievable record. That's an unbelievable record. I just want to be. I just want to to verify this here. So he got twenty-two and forty, in all mm-hmm. comps. He then he got five and fourteen on loan. He scored twenty-one goals in the league in the ah, first season with us. So you're both correct. There we go. Right. Anyway, first pump, Greg. We're still pals. He scored the <laughs> fastest league. Scored the That's fastest goal in SPL history, my man. Right. So, Greg, I don't know if you want to check this, but he's never after... fucked for one. After. Ah, exactly. <laughs> what, what good does that? How many points does that get you? That's no, no, no. I'm just None. listen. This is what I'm going to say though, but he was just a natural born goal scorer, eh? Like he just he could sniff goals out. He scored twice in the in the Scottish Cup final, had them on toast that day, <coughs> made 72 league appearances and scored 34 goals. That's almost one and two. Yeah, two. There was actually that... one goal he, was, he scored for Celtic Easter Road. That was like how, the, how has he managed that? Um, <laughs> I, I think it was fed in the box. He chipped it, and I think it's. Just nestled perfectly. How have you done that? How can you do that? Absolutely. He's, he's, he's incredible. One of the things I remember a lot with Stokes when he first came in, it took him a while to score. And I can actually remember the game he scored his first goal. It was St. Johnston at home. I fit, we were actually shite. I've got quite a clear memory. I was going to say vivid, vivid memory of this one, Greg, because I know you picked up on that phrase last week as well. But yeah. I can remember it quite clearly. We were absolutely shite uh, to start the game. And we ended up... I think we ended up being like 3 0 up at half time. I think Stokes scored two and Ryden scored, and we'd been absolutely tortured. But Stokes scored that day, and it was a really good finish. And then the, the purple match. Aye, the floodgates just opened after that. And the no win goal this season as well for his goal at Ibrox. Ibrox he, yeah. he, he took it on the, it was the man I played the ball in, he took it on the chest and left it over the keeper. Yeah. I'd also just like to double down actually even further and say you're both correct. I think Ryan was referring to 21 goals in one league campaign. Yeah, it was. It was twenty-two league goals in forty, and his first spell with us in the top flight. So he's were, he's yeah. were both all heard it, all heard it there. Like he's were. But I did notice you got the main point. stat right, which is seventy-two league gaps and thirty-four goals, which is exactly what I got. So the maths does add up, now, so we can be friends for five minutes longer <laughs> at this point. Right, right. I, I'm so you're, so you're bad, safe. I'm bad. 
Ryan, give us a recap of that team and then tell us the man that's in charge of it. All right, no bother. So, Conrad Logan in goals, Louis Stevenson at left-back, Frank Sozzi and Rob Jones centre-backs, David Gray at right-back, John McGinn and Scott Brown in midfield, going box-to-box. I've got Russell Latipi at 10, Martin Boyle on the right wing, Derek Radden on the left wing and Anthony Stokes spearheading the attack. And who's the manager? Um, so you want me to pick, pick a manager? Does it need to be different to what the other two have already picked? The other no, absolutely three, not. Sorry. Absolutely not. Um, well, so week, had, you can have it if you want. What did we have last week? We had uh, Mowbray, McLeish and John Hughes last week is what we had. So The be- the best football that I've seen Hibs play, the most enjoyable football, especially with the amount of youth players we had in the team would have been under Tony Mowbray. That was when... I was in love with football. I was young, you know. Football meant everything, and that team was everything. So I would say Tony Mowbray. How quickly that changes, Ryan? I was going to, Greg. I was going to say I don't know he's tried a kid. This boy goes up and in the country every week. I think he's still very much in fucking love. With <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would just call that stupidity at this point. <laughs> aye, aye. I'm too far gone, mate. There's nothing back now. Like. You're in. You're in. Right, Greg. Mm. Let's change you up. What? Who's masterminding? What manager is masterminding your team of victory over Ryan's? Neil Lennon. Right. Okay. And what formation is he lining us up in? It's difficult. So it, it, it can interchange. So is, between a four, between a four two three one and a four four and a four three three. Sorry. You, you're right. lucky. Okay. Williams not here, by the way. So some some like what Ryan said. What What's she gonna do? Like she gonna come for me or not? <laughs> I don't think so. you're just going, no, no, Liam, it's okay, Liam, it's okay. <laughs> to be fair, four, two, three, one's not an unorthodox. No, that's fine. Formation. Something like what Ryan said. Ryan, you stop trying to dig me out already. I've not even <laughs> said anyone's name again. Digging me out. So a two, a, two, a two in midfield, then a number ten, basically, Greg. I. Ultimately, oh, yes. Right. Talk us through your goalkeeper and your back four. Okay, so my goalkeeper's Nick Colgan. Right. Okay. Um. I had Colgan one on the back of a goalie top. I think it's the only goalie top of our own. So. <laughs> was it a big I felt faithful to him. Big like silver was, shiny thing? Uh, it was a yellow one, but it was huge. Oh. I had to get tucked in. Um, right back, Stephen Whitaker, Frank Sozzi and Rob Jones at centre-half and Ulrich Larson at left-back. Okay, right. So a few things to go over here, right? So you're the first person that's not picked um, Marciano or... Conrad Logan, um, what mm-hmm. gave what gave Nick Colgan the edge for you? I just thought he was a very good goalkeeper. Um, I, I, I'm not really having Marciano to be honest. Like he, he was good, but um, Conrad Logan, sentimental in it. That's all that is. Um, but I, I really like Nick Colgan. To be fair, I thought he was a very good goalkeeper. I thought he was very good, and yeah, nothing really else to add to that. In the goalkeeping department, like for when we do try to put together the uh, eleven from the five of us, mm-hmm. um, it would come down to Logan and Marciano. So give us the casting vote on who gets our goalkeeper position out of the two, please. Well, it's not going to be Marciano, that's for sure. Right, right. <laughs> you're right back. You went with Stephen Whitaker. That's the second yep. pick for Stephen Whitaker uh, over David Gray. Um, again, yep. talk, talk us through why you went with Stephen Whitaker. When Stephen Whitaker first came through, he was raw and you could see that, but 
he was a right back that wasn't afraid to get forward. He'd also try and look to cut inside on his left. He would mix it up. He would he wouldn't be predictable. Like he would sometimes go down the outside or sometimes cut inside. But he was a very good talent, a huge talent at that age, and like he went on a, a decent career. Um, but I, I just I was very impressed all the time. He would never shy away, and he would always look for the ball, which I'm always looking for my fullbacks. And um. What what gave it what gave it the edge over David Gray because yeah even out with the cup final mm -hmm. etc I think was it myself and Ryan I think and maybe Harry last week no he was a big game player out with the cup final as well yeah look David Gray's not a bad player but I just think maybe a little bit sentimental at times I felt like you know, maybe I had two good seasons I would say you know and even then I thought. You know, I don't know. I, look, I, I guess that for me, I just felt like Stephen Whitaker was a, a better option than but David Gray. Like David Gray obviously scored a really important goal and a couple always, always be in debt to him. But I think overall, as a football player at the time they were at the club, I felt like Stephen Whitaker was, was the better player. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, your centre back's easy choice for you, same as Ryan. Uh, I think the same as Liam as well. Uh, yep. I think me and Harry both had Rob Jones as well and obviously um, Frank Sozzi was it would have been a bit too cheap for me to put him in my team um, comfortable I think, um, the, the back the centre half speak for themselves that like Rob Jones is very physical aggressive will go and attack the ball and Frank was a ball player yep. really really easy choice although I did I did swather with, with Matthias Kuhl Doombie as well um, I did like him at, when he was at the club but Sozzi and Jones just not did not a huge sample size to go from there, I guess. Right, uh, usual. <laughs> Should play down the slope, bingo. Um, right, and left back. This is a is a new name. Uh, last week we yep. had uh, three David Murphys in the team. Uh, how we wished we probably could have had eleven. Ryan went for Lewis Stevenson. Mm -hmm. Aye, Ulrich Larson. Um, yeah, went under I don't know if this was because I was conscious that you'd that there was three last week. Um, and I was certain Ryan was going to pick him as well. For me, Larson was just so good at everything. And I'm not saying David Gray wasn't, but Larson would... He could go forward, he could attack, he could defend, he could stick folk in the terrace, like, he could do everything. And he was so and big it, and powerful. And we, do, do you know what? He was a proper left-back that could just do everything. He was quite ahead of his time, to be fair, because... That's what left backs are expected to do now. They're expected to go forward and, and defend and do everything. But he could do it all. And he'll end up playing at centre half at Celtic as well. Would you have been more inclined to choose David Murphy then had you thought, you know, it, it wasn't going to be a whitewash in that sense? I don't know because it was very tight between the two of them. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I felt like... He deserved a shout-out. And... I felt, yeah, I mean, I felt like Larson was quite better defensively. Maybe Murphy was better going forward, but let's not say that Larson was bad going forward. So purely and defensively, I would I would have to say that Ulrich Larson edges it and ultimately he's a, he's a defender and yeah. a back four. So. Right, so um, I think we've reached the conclusion of the down-the-slope one as well there. I think there's a pretty obvious... So we're going Logan and goals. Mm -hmm. David Gray's just edging out Stephen Whitaker, three to two at right back. 
left back, David Murphy, and then Rob Jones and Frank Sosie at centre half. That's that's yep. where between the five is. Oh, pretty solid that that line, right? Pretty happy with that. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, Greg, that's a great shout. Like nursing that left back, a fantastic player, great player, solid. Do you know what? He was incredible to be fair. He had so much energy up and down the line. and I generally don't remember. I don't really think he would ever be caught out or in danger. He was just so composed. He read the game well as well. Absolutely. Good shout, bud. Right, Greg, take us away into your midfield three, your two, then a one, I believe it is. Yep, so I've got. Matty Jack and Guillaume Boozlin. Okay, Matty Jack first. Are we allowed to say friend of the show? Because we had a, like, we spoke to him for an hour. And he... To be fair, he did invite us over to his boozer, <laughs> so I, I would say friend of the show. Right. What, <laughs> Personal um... friend, even. <laughs> I think um, that's the first time Matty Jack's been mentioned again, uh, a bit like Ola Larson and Nick Colgan. Um, I think we all spoke about it after we finished recording last week, or maybe it was when we were still recording. But again, what 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 stood out for you in terms of Matty Jack ahead of all the other options that have been mentioned? For me, like Matty Jack would always be known as the, the hatchet man almost, but for me he's there to break up the play and allows the others almost free reign to go ahead and, and play play more football. So I think alongside a very technical player and and Boozy, I think that's a perfect, the perfect um, combination for me. Okay. You know, Matt, Matty Jack's probably the more physical, Boozlin's the more technical, so I think you've got a good a good balance in there. You've got a real defensive sort of solid base there going on, haven't you, with Larson, mm-hmm. the two centre-backs, Matty Jack, you know, you're pretty, yep. pretty comfortable at the back there, so I'm, I'm, yep. hoping, for, I'm, hoping, hey, listen, listen, I'm hoping for some expansive stuff. Well. And, aye. I'm hoping for some expansive stuff for the remaining four, but aye, Boozy, Boozy gets in your team. Uh, think he did he get in? He got in Harry's team, and I think he got in Liam's team. Uh, yeah. I didn't put him in my team, nor did Ryan. Um, was that a no-brainer for you? Yeah, that that much ability and the way he would conduct himself on the pitch, he would get in the box. He would. You know, look to score goals. He was as a no-brainer. To be honest, he was one of the most technical players I've I've seen at the club in the way that he would manage to control the ball and and work the game and and run the game. To be honest. Okay. So who um who who do you have at number ten? Russell Latterby. Okay. Whether it was smoking cigars in the change room or out in the pitch, he was just absolute caviar. Unbelievable so that... football player. Right, so before we come on to that, so that, I think, wraps up our midfield three then as well in terms of players that have had three votes. Uh, I think that's our midfield three, uh, John McGinn, mm-hmm. Russell Latipe in the 10, and Boozy. Mm-hmm. Would we, we all still pretty content with what we've had so far? I have a happy with that. Like, happy I with think that, yeah. we might have a content with... We've got Scott Brown, I think, that's had three votes as well. Um, however, I'm vetoing him because Liam had him in a more advanced role. So unless Liam uh, unless Greg Where did Liam put him? Right mid? No, Liam had him Shadow Striker. Liam had him off the front. Aye, Liam had him as part of his front too. So no. aye. Okay. Greg, 
front three. So are we, when we say this, so you said four, two, three, one, or so are we talking like proper right and left wingers or are we talking proper front three here? It's difficult. <laughs> I, I would maybe stick more with a four, two, three, one if I was honest. Right. If I was going to play this. Um I've got Scott Brown at right mid. Okay. And Derek Rodden at left mid. So I think that secures Rodden on the left hand side. I think that's uh, a given. Scott Brown, I think, probably has to miss out on the entire down the slope one given just the random selection of position. Um, but he might sneak in there if we've no guard consensus at right wing. I can't remember. But talk to me about the two. Rodden, maybe one of your first. He we maybe second batch of Hibs heroes at that point. Then maybe. Absolutely. Um. I feel like it's quite a good balance as well because Scott Brown's very more direct. Ryden's more coming in off the left and he had the ability to mm. find the target for 30 yards out. So, yeah, that, like he was a no-brainer, to be honest. Unbelievable technical ability. Mm. Unbelievable goal-scoring record, to be honest. And he was just like, he was a proper... I know we, we maybe branded this a bit, but he was a proper Hibs man. Mm. You know, he always... Gave it everything, but you could probably always tell that he'd been on, out on the Friday night. <laughs> what well, um, what well, I think's been clear across all three teams, regardless of you know you've got Liam down to Harry, and then the rest is sort of filtered in between in terms of ages and stuff. That golden generation, if you like, of Rardins, O'Connors, Whitaker's, Browns, they they that they featured a lot in the teams. Who for you was the the one or two main standouts for you in that era. For me personally, Ryden and Brown were the ones that really, really excited me, you know, like that. They were the two that really stuck out for me as sort of as a as we were all kids at that point ultimately. Yeah. For for me and I hate I really hate myself for saying this, but <laughs> Kevin Thompson. Um aye, aye. I did oh, really the way he went about his business. Yeah. You know, he could he could play in the centre, he could play out in the left. And I, I thought he, I thought he was very, very good on the ball. The way it ended wasn't great, but I think that's been said a couple of times about a few players. So him, him and Ryden, um, definitely. I feel like Scott Brown was unlucky with injuries, um, really unlucky with injuries. So we maybe seen more of the two, Thompson and Ryden, but they were certainly the two that really excited me. And then got, you know, so Gary O'Connor up front was a bit very physical unit, um, but. The two most exciting are probably Thompson and Ryden, but I almost hate saying the name. It's, Ryan, it's an interesting debate when it comes to a lot of that generation. Ryden especially, mm. you know, Thompson probably struggled a lot for injuries, you know. Whether we like it or not, we can't really... He went to Rangers and had a pretty successful spell there in terms of winning leagues and playing in European yeah. finals. Did that generation individually as a team underachieve, do you think? Over, did they do enough at Hibs, do you think? I, Maybe they could have done more? And then I, I think because, and given that they were so young, I think they, they still had more to give. So whilst they were at Hibs together, they were all still kind of learning their trade mm-hmm. to a degree. So I think had we managed to, to keep them together for longer, we would have seen more success. You know, obviously we had relative success with such a young team, you know, uh, doing as well as we did, although we didn't win anything. I mean, um, obviously League Cup, but had we managed to keep them all together, I think um, I think we would have definitely would have been a bit more success. I mean, the fact that they most of them kind of went on and had good careers and won trophies and won individual awards out with Hibs kind of shows you what we had. 
Um, ultimately, though, when a player's got ability and aspirations to go and win things, they're going to eventually move on. That's just the nature of the beast. But as Greg was saying, Kevin Thompson was one of the more impressive ones. I hate myself too for saying that prick's name, but the technical ability he had was phenomenal. He was great passing range. He was good in the tackle as well. Good at good at pressing. Very good player. Um, although he's not my... there, didn't he? Yeah, he did when he was. He yeah, he did when he was younger. Although I haven't put him in my team, Stephen Whitaker was very impressive at right back. He, he kind of played with a maturity beyond his years. You know, he played. He kind of played like he he'd been playing for years. You know, he kind of knew where to be and how to position himself. He was very impressive, but I could never ever see past Ryder done. He was just when somebody's scoring screamers against Hearts from thirty yards, last minute penalties at Ten Castle. You you love the guy, eh? yeah. Hey. Greg, um, we'll come. We are going to come sort of come back around that conversation, but um, finishes off with a striker. I think we both know who it is, given uh, you never have stats and you had one nice and ready. But shockers, who is <laughs> here's another striker? Selvis impersonators. <laughs> the one and only Anthony Christopher Stokes. What a boy! Would he have been in your team out with if that second? If Anthony Stokes had one spell at Hibs? Mm-hmm. With a major team, you know that that first spell, obviously. What the very first spell? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, incredible goal scorer, yeah. incredible, yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Like uh, it's so natural. Yeah, you've 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 mentioned a one goal of the season. What is your favourite Anthony Stokes sorry goal memory? Ryan's obviously mentioned. <laughs> He won goal of the season that year. He scored after 12 seconds, which remains the fastest goal. Uh, sorry, and, and I think it was ever in the SPL. Obviously, SPL is no more. Um, what's your sort of standout moment memories of Anthony Slotts? Maybe in that first spell, because obviously there's an obvious one for the second. Yeah, in the first spell, it would probably be that goal against Rangers. It was like things that Mama played 30 yard ball into him, and he just takes on his chest, calm as you like, and Lifts over the goalie, like and obviously we all know that he doesn't like Rangers. So I just think to for a striker at, at that level to to do something like that is special because he's just so much uh, so much ability. He had like you can go on about his off field problems all the time, but Ryden had it, Brown had it to an extent. Like is that um his, his ability would would just shine through every week. Do we is is that what we need in the current team? Do we need folk to just start kicking off off the field? Because you know Griffiths was never about these problems even when he was at him. He's had all these issues since as well. But you know even when he was at the club, he wasn't about his problems. You know like O'Connor didn't have these problems to see Rad and you know like all like, have we had a striker capable of scoring twenty goals that wasn't he also capable of spending the night in the cells in our lifetimes? Mm. I think if you look at the squad at the moment, it's play Harry McCurdy. I think he's the, the dickhead striker we need. He's a ma- maverick. He, he carries himself in a way that people play hate. But I think he's got the ability to go and score 20 goals a season and be a dick and whatever. It was an interesting... You know, I, think. It was an intre- I don't know if you've have you read the interview done with Moira Gordon um, this week. Yeah. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. an interesting article. What did just make of that? Is because when you break it down, it feels like you know because of this World Cup, we're used to Christmas time feeling like 
a huge massive part of the season you know the build up to and obviously between Christmas and New Year we've got what four games the first four games back they're on quick succession but we are still quite early in the season you know we've still got two thirds it left do you think that and the way he came across in that interview was correct you know he was talking about his lack of game time and stuff do you still expect him to be able to kick on See, see if see if my striker's not happy with game time, good. If my if my striker's if my striker's happy with not playing, then there's a problem there. But he's not happy with the game time, and and I believe that he's one of these players that might come across maybe a bit arrogant off the pitch. But I've got no doubt that he works hard in training, mm-hmm. and, and I think he will he will get games and he will score goals. I, I don't doubt that at all. But I think people need to sort of realise that. League two of this league, it's different. He does need time to settle. He's moved away from home, and he, he does need time just to settle in. And he needs games to settle in as well. But he's not really had that. Yeah, right, right. I think he's probably. Sorry, I was just going to say, I think he's probably he's probably one of those players that's quite capable of going on a runner, five or six goals, and uh, in, in as many games, and then maybe going quiet again for a couple of weeks, and like a streaky player, right? you mm-hmm. know. Purple patches here and there in the season, which it's not a bad thing. If I'm honest, I mean? if, they're, if, if they're not streaky, they're not hips. There you go. If, they, if they're scoring goals every week, then they're not hips. Yeah, yeah, yeah goal scoring record speaks for itself. Then you are looking at like an Anthony Stokes situation. Right? Yeah. They come yeah. for the one season and, and they bang goals in and, and they move on. Or, you know, you could even probably say the same thing about Kevin Nisbet in that first. That first season in COVID, I mean, yeah, yeah. Were, they were already sniffing about, and he'd only been in for six months. You know, like mm-hmm. I think we're all probably realistic enough to think if Kevin is, but after this, now we know last season he wasn't great before his injury. I don't think anyone can for, forget that. But mm. if he comes back in and replicates his COVID, his first season form, he's probably not at Hibs in eighteen months. Yeah, no, like, yeah. and that's just ultimately where we are. Um, right, let's get back to this um, all-time malarkey. So I, I don't think we can quite settle on a front three in terms of down the slope one combined because I think we've got too many different ones, so we'll get it out on Twitter during the week. But um, a few players that never really got mentioned at all uh, definitely didn't get mentioned today. Um, one obvious one, maybe Stephen Fletcher. Was he under consideration at all? I don't think he got mentioned last week either. Um, he was one of the, that golden generation that maybe arguably had the best career. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't really score that many goals. If we're honest, I think his lowest scoring season was the one that he moved on. Yeah, uh, like he, he, like he was a good player, but I, I just felt like the others maybe had more goals in them. Maybe Fletcher was more of a rounded player. You know, he could, he could do more. He could go on one headers and, and sort of hold it up. But yeah, I don't think he was ever really under consideration. Um, it's all very well saying, "Oh, look at the career they've had," but this is this is a Hibs eleven. Mm. This isn't an all time career eleven. So, yeah. based off that, yeah. we wouldn't get Matthew. I I agree with Greg there. Um, I don't think he was an actual goal scorer either. He didn't seem to be as instinctive as an Anthony Stokes in front of goal. Um, he probably did have more to his game in terms of aerial ability, uh, holding the play up, bringing others into play. But I think when you're going with a central striker up there, getting fed from either wing, you, you want somebody that's really instinctive. So that's that's kind of why I went for Stokes. He's just a natural-born goal scorer, whereas Stephen Fletcher kind of had to work harder at it, like came naturally to Stokes. Yeah. 
Well, because there's only three years this week, we've got a lot more time. So let's play a little game. I want you to pick for me um the the one player that you could drop into the from your 11s into the current Hibs team, but I don't want you to pick the most obvious one in your in your team. So I'm I'm withdrawing Frank Sozi from the Perrys. Greg, you're up. Bud. Tough one. Um, I'd probably be tempted to say Boozy. Okay. What would what do you think he would add into our team right now that we're missing? Someone that can probably play midfield for a kickoff. Um, I think I think the the flare on the ball and the flare in possession would help us a lot. Lee Johnson wants to play a certain way, but I feel like. Maybe a bit too one-dimensional what would be predictable all the time. I feel like Boozy would always try and play that risky pass and I need to get in the box and look to score goals, which I feel like you know, midfield, Johnny Oles chipped in a couple of goals this season, but we need more mm. from midfield and I think he's the man to do it. I think the, the way that he, the leadership aspect as well, maybe miss a, a proper leader in the middle of the pitch alongside Newell. Mm-hmm. I would have to pick him. I think the midfield's probably a big area that we miss out on. Um, sort of taking away the main centre half there, Rob uh, Sozi. So mm. midfield's definitely the next priority. Bobby, you're in. If I was going to do it based on logic, I would probably have to go for a centre midfielder, but based purely off my own sentiment, I would drop Derek Riordan in there just for that cutting edge, uh, just. Off the cuff, cutting inside, scoring goals, adding a, a kind of different dimension to the team and a bit of a kind of mentality where um, kind of the world's against us sort of thing, you know, yeah. the, the chip, on, chip on the shoulder kind of kind of attitude. You're just capable of things that you, you would never imagine. You know, you could go inside, you could go outside, whip the ball in, score goals, free kicks, penalties, just... Uh, Honestly, I think he's an unbelievable player for Hibs. It's a glorified Stevie Mallon, huh? <laughs> oh, absolutely. absolutely. Take throw-ins too if you want them to. But no, nah, like, I would definitely be inclined to put him in there. Just, I think it's a team that at times lack that kind of goal threat from out with the main sources. But he would definitely give you that option. Yeah, I think I've just looked at my team again. Um, I'm going for Gary O'Connor. Now, the reason I've went for O'Connor over Stokes or Radden is this team... How many balls do we get in the box? Mm. I mean, I feel like a lot of flash out. How many? We get a fucking a fuckload into the box. I think we, I think earlier, especially <clears> earlier <throat> in the season, we were, and I think O'Connor probably is your more predator over Stokes and Radden. You know, over the three, I think. Um, do you know what I midfield maybe needs worked worked on, but goals win your games. Eh? give me, give me. You may a striker that I felt if that can score 20 goals in this team and Hibs would finish for no problem. You know, but as, as far as I'm concerned. That's not Nisbet. See, if I'm honest, I'd rather have Nisbet and Kukarevich up front. Oh, that's a big shout. I, I, on the basis you're getting boozy in, or do you mean even if you weren't subbing anyone in? Even if I wasn't subbing anyone in? Really? Yeah, look at that. I don't think you've got you've got two strikers there that <clears throat> that are probably ready made for each other. You've got Nisbet that's maybe the more intricate, can drop deeper. You've got Kukrevich that's 
wins headers and scores goals and does everything. I think if you get if you get quality balls in there, they, they pair will finish them. Yeah. But the I mean, problem is the service. The midfield's going to score between the, the end of the World Cup. Now and the end of the season? The se- yeah. 12. Well, I put them on for top goal scorer. In the... Well, if we, get, if we get double figures at them, we've done well there, Ken. Well, hopefully that, that leads us further yeah, up the well, table. It's... Well, if we, and um, the thing is, but you need to play them with someone like Kukurevich. Hmm. Who who will maybe drop it off to him or get him into the areas? But I think Nisbet's very good at dropping in deep, which is my only oh, concern about him scoring double figures. Nisbet, there's look, there's twenty two league games left. Mm-hmm. Kevin Nisbet scores eight league goals. Yeah. I think that's a he's very, a very instinctive striker as well, though. I think that's a good return for Nisbet. Eight and twenty two. I would. He, you can't. Exp- he's not going to come in and score straight away, is he? Well, he might, but he's not going to be a hundred percent. He can he be? He's going to be rusty. I can't even. I think Middlesbrough and Edinburgh City, but I think if you get eight, eight in those games, so coming back from an ACL injury, that's a decent enough return for somebody that's just had a serious, serious injury. I think probably what we need to hope for is that we're not looking at him solely. You know, right now the Cooknage Universe singing his praise. He's got three goals. I mean, he's probably, I think he's had about six that have been marginally offside. I think it's only scored three goals and he's getting himself in good areas. If you're getting yourself in good areas, you're going to score goals. Yeah. Sometimes it might not happen, but over over a course of games, if you get yourself in the right positions, you're going to score goals. My concern is that there's not enough players that chip in with enough goals throughout the course of the season. That's ultimately why we don't win enough points to, to finish third. Who else have we got in the team that chips in regularly with goals? Nah, well, struggling. I, again, without getting into a huge debate because it's not what we're going for, but there's been some interesting decisions in the on the poor run of form that we've been on. I, I spoke about this in one of the group chats that I think you're in as well, Ryan, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we were all on here at the start of the season, even you know, even the games that we didn't win, um, impressed with what we were seeing. We were on the front. Yeah, foot. absolutely. We were really battering teams. Uh, we were right on the front foot. Um, getting a half a million cross. There was a there was a clear style of play. Um, yep. And I might, I might I might be repeating what one of the guys on Longbangers actually said last week, but um, after the um. After the Celtic game, we just we flipped straight to three five two and it all went away. But in that, you you he did take some goals out of the team. You know, like Josh Campbell's hardly featured, and you know I'm not I'm, I I was a huge critic of him last season, but he's got four or five goals this season already. And you know, the interview that Johnson's done, he seems to be pinning his hopes onto like Ewan Henderson, or at least he expected it. But Henderson is really flattered to deceive again in the league. So there's been a lot yeah, of choices made. In, in this run of games and um, there is just a complete lack of goals in the team which was the same issue as last year you know we were berating the defending but you can't you will concede goals you know that's like that's the harsh it's reality football, eh? like yeah. and we're just we're, we've not scored nearly enough since the COVID season that's that's my opinion on it ultimately and see they're not going to score goals you need, you need to be solid defensively or you'll you'll not achieve anything right. and currently we're doing neither so there we go. That's why we are. Well, we were shipping loads and scoring none. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
Well, we've just had confirmation of Liam's team in there. So he had Radden up top as well. So I think we can safely secure Derek Radden on the left-hand side of the front three. Uh, Anthony Stokes is the uh, striker and Martin Boyle is going to be on the right-hand side because myself, Harry and Ryan had him. So does one hear the down the slope lifetime 11? Go on then. Conrad Logan, David Gray, Rob Jones, Frank Sozie, David Murphy, Boozy, McGinn, Latape, Riordan, Stokes, Boyle. That's some team in it. Does that team win the league? Oh, and I'm in the prime. Does it? Does it win the league? By ten points. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Right. Let us know what you make of that team on Twitter. We will. We'll put it out. Uh, probably tomorrow after the pod, you know, after it's out and stuff. Um, and we'll be back next week, and we will be looking ahead to a game uh, at Ibrox, um, which is on the Thursday night, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, made it nice and difficult for uh, everyone to attend football, because Thursday night, everyone loves football on a Thursday night. I'm sure there'll be World Cup games on that night in Austin, no doubt, but hey... We'll be back next week. Hibs will be back soon. And God, I fucking hope we're better than what we were before the break. <laughs> Cheers. Bye.